I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. This is a COB podcast from AusBiz. It is July the 5th. It's RBA Day here in Australia. I'm David Scott, joined today by Carl Rodder. Carl, uh, look, straight off the bat, we'll talk about RBA. Let's we'll get to it. the market because there wasn't a lot of news in the, uh, the corporate world today. But RBA, 50 basis points, 100 basis points over the past two months, 1.35% cash rate. What do we reckon? Yeah, I don't think we had any surprises whatsoever, did we? I mean, obviously, it was a, a big move and it's fairly significant. Three successive rate hikes, two of which were, were 50 basis points, but... I mean, I guess if you look at the market reaction, uh, maybe not as hawkish as perhaps market participants, p- participants were expecting or, or maybe even fearing. Mm. Um, took out some of the language about some of the stronger inflationary pressures or, you know, we were talking to Martin Crabb this afternoon about things that, you know, perhaps some of those concerns about global growth is starting to sort of filter in into a softening of, uh, of the RBA's language. But, I mean, I... Did they, did they really tell us anything that we didn't already know? Not really. I think the markets are just getting ahead of themselves. Now, look where they are. The cash rate uh, terminal pricing was not that long ago. North of a 4% ever so briefly at one stage. But yeah, I think the, uh, the emission in the RBA statement that, uh, that rates were no longer low uh, may have gone and uh, got a few people excited that we're perhaps we're getting towards the end of the cycle rather than uh, no, being still close to the beginning. But uh, we still really are in the infancy of what's going on. You're talking about uh, historical terms. 135 basis points for uh, the cash rate is still nowhere near what's likely to be the, the, the neutral rate for the economy. Mm. Uh, so there's still more work to be done. I think it's almost universal. We expect to go and see a 50 in on July the... Oh, sorry, August 2nd, I think it is. Yep. Uh, that, of course, will be probably contingent, though. We get that CPI release here locally out on uh, August... Oh, sorry, July, July 27th. 27th. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of dates there. But uh, yeah, so later on <laughs> this month, we'll get that CPI figure. So that will probably be uh, one of the big uh, no turning points there, whether we're going to see maybe a larger or smaller move from the RBA coming through. Yeah, it'll set us up for the rest of the year. And we've got so much water to go under the bridge uh, between now and then as well, because well, we'll have the Fed meeting before the next um, RBA meeting. And clearly, they've been taking uh, their lead from, from um, overseas uh, policy as well. But I mean, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that you know, as 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 much as inflation is a concern, the thematic of the day is is recessionary risk. So markets are thinking two or three steps ahead, um, and you can even see it in, in rates pricing very marginally. That's uh, the the back end of the uh, ASX futures curve, a uh, yield curve is starting to to tilt a little bit lower, sort of pricing in now, you know, the the next stage of the the cycle. So, plenty to digest there, but um, none of it was really given any colour from probably the RBA just today. Yeah, well, one thing you're certain tonight, we'll see lots of stories on the, uh, the news tonight about how the RBA has gone and uh, lifted rates, you know, super-sized yeah. hike and uh, all the hardship it's going to bring in everything crushing, else. Crushing mortgage yeah, holders. Yeah, I've had a bit of a say stuff, in the yeah. view about it. I won't go into a specific detail, yeah. but uh, needless to say, whilst uh, in any cycle, there's always uh, individuals who get themselves into trouble yeah, and sympathise with their uh, with the predicament. A lot of people, I know, get caught up in things that they weren't aware of, but uh, 
by and large, the RBA is doing what its job is, which is to go and contain inflation. Yeah, and now I think that what we hope is that the banks did theirs and APRA's policy settings were right and no one's in the financial stress you know, that, yeah. uh, that they shouldn't have gotten themselves in to start with when, when taking out a mortgage. Well, 250 basis points was the minimum for a long period of time. Now it's 300 basis points that all new borrowers were looked at for their serviceability. So let's hope that uh, that was the case. Certainly mm. we're uh, a long way off those kind of levels with what the cash rate has done at the moment. Uh, look, we've started off with the RBA because I've got to say, like from a corporate news day today, it was dry. There was nothing. There was hardly anything out there at all that was newsworthy. I didn't really see much. Obviously, you know, you're like me. We get a little bit giddy over the macro stuff anyway. So if there's something on the calendar, we, we get a little bit excitable. But in terms of corporate news, uh, there didn't really seem to be a terrible amount out there. No, Regis Resources are in the Goldie space. I know it came out with their fourth quarter production update. Uh, it popped on the back of that. I don't know whether it's could do with the, uh, the actual update itself or just the fact that the sector's been smashed uh, over recent months. But uh, we decided to go make that our stock of the day on the call. So Andrew sat down today with Rudy Filipek van Dyke uh, uh, from FN Arena and Mark Moreland from Team Invest to get their views on whether Regis Resources was worth the punt. Take a listen. Gold has been uh, one of the few areas that have held up, if you like, through uh, all these drops. So, I mean, a lot of people were expecting gold prices to go up substantially and they haven't, but at least they've maintained their value. So that in this environment, that means they've outperformed significantly. Mm. It's hard to imagine gold uh, being under threat to go down much over the next few years with all the inflationary pressures and the rampant money printing and recessions and all those things all tend to, should be good for gold. <laughs> so I'm not predicting anything on prices, but um, the, investing in miners has always been a leverage bet on gold. Um, so, you know, if you if you like gold prospects, or if you're looking for somewhere to uh, find some safety in inverted commas, then some gold miners probably a good idea. I'm a big fan of of sorting out the, the quality from the non-quality, and this is non-quality. Mm, right. Um, I mean, you, you, with, with quality, you're more in, in the in the direction of an evolution mine or northern star. New crest. Yep. Maybe uh, this is not quality. So and and non surprisingly, um, costs are going up, and that will determine the sector. And the only way, why, the only reason why the share price goes up today is because it has already fallen so much. For other for other <coughs> companies, that may not be the case, and then the share price won't be respond as as far favorably as today. And there we have it. Uh, answer is no. Rudy, Rudy, uh, no. Blunt wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. So uh, there there's not go. much Rudy would touch at the moment. After we got a got a few into him on what was it the uh, last call on Friday night. He wasn't having a bar of March. I think he likes CSO though. To be fair to, to Rudy, but okay. uh, do, doesn't uh, doesn't like some things are perennial in nature. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think it's more of a cycle thing. You know, it's it's not a great time to be. Well, well maybe uh, Rudy's Rudy. be listening to what uh, Mitchell Stone has uh, been saying because he went and joined Andrew today on the open, and uh, he's pretty bearish when it comes to uh, index performance for the uh, ASX 200 moving forward. He reckons that uh, no, instead of all these lofty ones we're talking about 7,000 plus and everything else into the future, he reckons that the, uh, the, the benchmark index will be trading at 3,800 points by December of 2024 now. Yeah, interesting take. Uh, it's a long term out in the future, but uh, pretty bearish considering well, I'm just what consensus would expect. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to imagine what that would take because if you think of the financial sector being what thirty percent, you think of the material sector being twenty percent. There goes half. The, you know, you'd probably have to lose almost half your value on, on the major banks and and some of the major iron ore players to get there. I would imagine. You mentioned uh, Martin Krabby. I did chat with uh, with him and Nadine into the close. Uh, is he feeling as bearish as that? Uh? No, no, he's uh, sanguine. I think the term might be glass yep. half full at the very least. He told us and he gave us a new term, new word. You can hear that in uh, the interview today in the in the um, newsletter. It's called pre-profit. You know, companies don't run at losses anymore. They're pre-profit. 
Um, my joke to him, of course, was that I'm not poor. I'm just pretty rich. But um, basically, he was saying that what we're looking at right now is an investment environment that's going to be much more conducive again to growth and quality stocks. Um, and he gave a few names in there too as to the ones that ought to outperform if we're getting to that stage in the cycle now where the long bond yields are coming down, recessionary impulses are coming through, inflation's not such a worry anymore. Yeah, David Lane from Ord uh, Burnett as well. We had a chat with him today, Kyle, and uh, he was looking a bit at uh, what's going on when it comes to the upcoming reporting season. Uh, a lot of people got their eye towards that. I think uh, everyone's trying to go and figure out, you no, know, we're seeing the, uh, the, the multiple of, yeah. uh, of PE going and coming a lot. Uh, compress a lot over the last couple of months. Uh, the price has gone and adjusted, but has the E gone and adjusted? And a lot of people are focusing what's going on in the States. Uh, what about locally? What was his take? Well, that was basically the conversation was that, you know, relatively speaking, valuations have pulled back into levels that, you know, are far more attractive on a historical basis. But like you just said, the P is down there, but we haven't seen the E catch up just yet, which, you know, of course, the P is supposed to imply to some degree. But as we know, in these sort of cycles, generally speaking, when you do start to see earnings being downgraded and um, what have you, there's a bit of shock that comes through, uh, further shot that goes through the, the market and, and is inflected, uh, reflected in share prices too. So he was kind of looking at some, some different areas of the local market that, that are looking uh, of decent value and then also comparing it to international equities and, and where you might be looking for uh, on a valuation basis right now, just looking at PE multiples, um, you know, areas of, of the world that might be, you know, offer you some, some decent value. Yeah, interesting. So... The question now is, uh, what do we expect later on this evening? We've got uh, the States back online after uh, yep. Independence Day celebrations, mm-hmm. uh, hot dog eating and uh, lots of beer, undoubtedly probably consumed in large, large space of the country. They're probably paying a lot more for their other hot dogs than uh, what they've done in previous years. What kind of mood do you reckon they're going to come back into? Oh, I don't know, hungover, I would, yeah. I would imagine. But, I mean, you look at E-minis, um, up half a percent or so, but we just haven't listed, this is what I was saying to Nadine and um, the, the, what was it, uh, and in the close today on the show is that we just haven't really got an overarching narrative to start the week yet, you know what I mean? We had that kind of bounce back on Wall Street on Friday um, that flowed through the, the Asian Asian markets, but volumes have been just woefully low yep. um, on that basis. So we just clearly have a lot of event risk coming up at the back of the week, but no one can sort of really decide on, you know, what, what things we want to trade on in the next couple of days just yet. And that, that'll probably come out tonight in, in Wall Street trade. Yeah, and uh, I think when we come to those big risk events, of course, you're referring to uh, non-farm payrolls out yeah. on Friday. What I've typically found over time is that what you see is that the prevailing direction that's been going uh, in the uh, the medium term is generally the opposite to what you see heading into the event. So I suspect that we'll probably see a bit of recalibration of uh, risk-taking higher, so yeah. maybe some short covering and the like uh, in some of the uh, equity markets at the moment. Maybe yeah, uh, we're already seeing something. a bit of that in the uh, the the rates market as well. Yeah. People have gone and, and trimmed those uh, those hawkish bets at the moment in anticipation that the narrative has changed to a recession now and everything yeah. else. Well, if we get like a four hundred thousand payroll increase and yeah. in unemployment rate, point five percent yeah, wage growth, of course that'll be blown yeah. out of the, the water yeah. uh, momentarily as well. So it's, uh, the narrative changes are, are swift at the moment. So probably not surprising. So many people are sitting on their hands. Uh, that that earning season in particular, I think, is going to be really instructive when it comes to broader equity markets over the medium term. But look, so much more to go and digest over the, the remainder of the week. Let's go and uh, cool our heels and do it all again tomorrow. Wait to fill in. Thank you very much, mate. All right, mate. See you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.